You're listening to the Glass City Church Podcast. Welcome, this is the Glass City Church Podcast. This is Justin Shirley, intern here at Glass City Church with Pastor Jeff Lavalette. Jeff, how was your weekend? I know we, we just survived the snow apocalypse of 2019, and it's uh, currently, how cold is it right now? It was, I think my car said it was like negative one. When I woke up this morning, it was negative six. Yeah, yeah. It was, this, it was brisk. This is not this is not ideal at all. I mean, we had to cancel church yesterday. Um, that was not great. Um, but you know what? It's okay. This is a this is the winter time, and the winter time should be cold. Hopefully, it kills all those germs that were getting all of us a couple of weeks ago when it was unseasonably warm and all the. All the mean germs woke up from their slumber and infected everyone. So, anyways, how, what'd you do over your uh, what'd you do over your snowpocalypse, Justin? I don't think that's how germs work. I don't know how they work. I'm, do I do I do I look like a like an aviator? I mean, come on, seriously. I, I don't think you know what these words mean. I, maybe I've just been <laughs> inside too long. Anyways, um, no, I uh, I I didn't get into a car wreck, so that's nice. Um, I. I kind of like to drive in parking lots in what? circles uh, at a accelerated rate of speed. You can put all those things together wow. uh, and figure that out, what I mean by that. Um, but no, it's I, it was a good snow day or two. I uh, got, got off from work early. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was a good time. Excellent. I think. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear that you are uh, now. Do you see uh, like you know a bunch of like 16 year old kids and their dads like Trans Am doing donuts in the parking lot too, or is that just mainly just you? Mainly from my experience, it's just been me. That's good because it can get kind of kind of spicy if uh, if there's other cars because then it turns into a demolition derby and. Well, I wouldn't be opposed to that. My uh, <laughs> the the gray ghost, the Malibu. Is that what you call it? The gray yeah. ghost. The Malibu, boo. It's a ghost, boo ghost. Wow. Gray. It's gray too. So it's, it's just shocking to me that you're doing donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey. See, is this more fun than scripting? <laughs> this is just this is just we're just going kind of off the uh, off the cuff today. So, uh, but no, so snow apocalypse wasn't wasn't terrible. I think people made a bigger deal than they probably should have um, with it. But uh, I think that it was okay. Yeah, what do you? Th- let's talk about that for a second, since we are just kind of like going off the fly here. I mean, every time I checked the weather dot com app or or the the dark sky app. I always got these ads. I mean, dark sky. What's that? Dark. Oh well, you're you 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 don't have an iPhone, so you you just don't know. Oh yeah, because I'm a sane person. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so usually there's these like ads that that come on the, the the apps, and I mean, I saw like a Kindle ad on the weather.com app like every single time, and and I I think that this is my theory. I think that these weather people. I think it's like big weather. You know, there's like big tobacco and like big. No, no, no. I'm not talking about meteorologists. I'm talking about big weather. And they like to really over-dramatize so that they get more clicks. What do you think about that? I think it's all a conspiracy. I think we need to get Alex Jones on this thing, man. I think he needs to he needs to really, you know, go well, for it. Uh, let's not go there. Okay. Jet fuel, while jet fuel does not melt I-beam. <laughs> oh, uh, my. Yeah, what was it? Uh, what are the trails left of the the plane that are supposed chemtrails. to chemtrails? Chemtrails and contrails. Yeah. yeah, I used to work with a guy who was convinced of that. So. He's an aviator. Uh, yeah, he's something. That's for sure. <laughs> he was entertaining. That's what he was. Uh, anyways, so so Jeff wanted to talk 
say a lot of that. Uh, wanted to talk about the the new book that we are going through with the sermon, um, and wanted to talk a little bit about the background. So if you didn't know, the book that we're starting this in the new year is the book of John. And there is, I mean, it's just a very rich book. Uh, and I actually got into an interesting conversation uh, the other day with a couple of really good friends of mine uh, in regards to a class at the University of Toledo that deals with a lot of uh, looking at scripture. It's a, it's a biblical criticism course, essentially, is what it is. Hmm. Um, and I took the course, the professor's nicest guy in the world. Um, and in the course, it, it talks about uh, some big holes from the original Hebrew translation to modern translations. And there's a, a whole slew of other uh, biblical criticisms that it has. Uh, and so with all of that, how can, uh, when, when we start, when we're starting the new book of John, um, it's a pretty different book than the other gospels. Yeah. How can we trust, uh, that one, the scriptures are reliable, um, but also that the new translations and differing translations, um, from King James onlyism to, uh, I mean, different trans, I mean, you have the ESV I and mean, there's countless translations, um, that God's word hasn't been corrupted. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, any 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 translation, you know, you want to make, you want to look at who did it, you know, you want to look at who done the, it, the, the the theological editor of that translation, and and if they're trustworthy, um, and then the the method by which they do translate. So you know, there, this is oversimplifying, but just so that this isn't a three hour podcast. Um, so you know, there's there's kind of like the the word for word translations and the thought for thought translations, and ESV mm-hmm. is definitely a, a more of a word for word, which makes it a little clunky sometimes um, if you're trying to read it, you know, as as just as, as literature. Yeah, um, it's not horrible. I mean, we've been preaching out of it since. Uh, I mean, I, I started preaching out of it in in 2009 here at Glass City when we planted this church, uh, and a couple years prior, it actually I think it started in I think they they first published it in 01. Uh, but Crossway publishes it, and and you know there's there's uh, we did our homework on on who you know who was involved, um, but there are that's not the only translation. I mean the the the, the Christian Standard Bible that came out uh, a couple of years ago, a the little more CSB. readable. Yeah, it's really it's really nice, honestly. Um, and they gave me like a couple of free ones at a couple of conferences I went to, um, and Lifeway even gave me a free one. So I, I yeah. started just we we started, we gave them away a couple of years ago at uh at our small groups. I don't know if you were around for that yet, but. Um, we had like a little contest. I don't think I was. I don't think I was. I think Aaron, uh, yeah, your, 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 your buddy Aaron, uh, won one and then another guy in, in our men's group won another one and it was a nice night. But anyways, so, <clears throat> so how do we know that they're reliable? I mean, you, you look at how they translated it. You look at what they went back to. Um, you know, you'll get, uh, a lot of people slam the message. A lot of theology geeks slam the message. Eugene Peterson um, who who recently passed away, and who was just a, just a tremendous example of, of of faithfulness, and and you know just just being you know uh, 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 wanting wanting to follow Christ, um, but he he did more. Uh, it was a more readable version. It was yeah. definitely more uh, definitely not. If if you're going to try to get get back to the original languages, uh, the message probably isn't the the way that I would go. Um, but you've got the New Living Translation. Um, uh, D. A. Carson was the uh, theological editor for that, you know, and, it was the and, first Bible I actually ever owned was and, the NLT, and, and NLT gets gets you know gets some business too because it's it's more of a more of a, a thought for thought versus word for word, but it is more readable. I mean, if you're reading it with your wife and kids, 
you know, do you, do you want to necessarily go, go that deep when they're, when they're not probably going to get a lot out of the, the, the extra depth because, you know, my kids aren't, um, just, just now getting old enough to, to really get into that. But so, yeah. Um, so how do we know they're reliable? Well, you, you do your homework and, yeah. and there's, you know, with this great internet thing, you can, you can find out all kinds of things. And so it, it is important to, you know, feel like, you know, uh, know the things about the translation that you've chosen to use. But, um, at the same time, you know, there's also, you know, well, there's no way it could be because there's seven, there's seven Greek words for love and, and six of them are blah, blah, blah. And the only one it's, and, and yeah, you can, you can definitely benefit from going deeper and getting into the original languages, but, uh, God's word is God's word. And, and, um, you know, it's, if, if we, if we go to God's word for truth and, and we trust God's word for truth, I think that's really the bottom line. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is a big deal in a lot of, a lot of other religions. It's a big deal. I know in Islam, if the Quran is not specifically written in Arabic and spoken in Arabic, et cetera, um, it's not even considered the Quran. Oh yeah. Um, and that's a big thing that a lot of, and I think we have to, again, getting this right about going to who did it and the translations and even going back to, sometimes, like you said, there's benefit to go back to the original language. Absolutely. Um, and if we don't get that right, I mean, that's, that hurts, uh, can potentially hurt evangelism because it is a, a matter of being able to, to say, Hey, no, these, these are reliable and I've done my homework. Um, because that's a, that's a question that a lot of Muslims have is, well, your scriptures have been corrupted throughout the years. It's not even just scholars that are critics. It's Muslims, um, that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So sure. that's, I think super important. Yeah. But honestly, man, the, 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 the thing that I've noticed over, over the years is that most theological issues are actually moral issues mm. that are, that are disguised as theological issues. So, yeah. you know, if somebody doesn't affirm someone's lifestyle or, or choices, you know, well now, well, it's because of the Bible, you know, I don't trust the Bible because there's contradictions and there's this and there's that. And how could you really trust something if it's not in its original language? And like, that's just, that's just such a horrible, I mean, you can come up with better arguments than that, but, but the, 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 the foundation for that argument is not a theological one. It's a moral one because mm-hmm. when the Bible disagrees with you, you're wrong. <laughs> like if, if there's ever, if there's ever a, uh, a discrepancy, it's not on the Bible's part. Yeah. And, and so uh, a lot of that is a smoke screen or, or, you know, just a distraction from, from what the real, the real issue is. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Now, in the Gospel of John, you mentioned this in uh, your sermon a couple weeks ago. Was that the uh, week one? Yes. Okay, week cool. Week one. Um, so we we talked about the Gospel of John being unique and set apart from the other synoptic Gospels. One, can you talk about synoptic? What does synoptic mean? I don't really know, but I know what you're talking about. I mean, I, I, I think I think it means that they're they're you know they're synced up. There's there's a lot you know they're very common. Um, there's a lot of there's they play in the same sandbox. Um, is is how I would just, uh, kind of explain that. Um, there there's at least sixty percent of the material in Matthew, Mark, and Luke are is all common. Um, yeah. So they all they all hit on all of those things. So over half of it is 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 going to be, you know, shared. Uh, and, and it's not that the other the other forty percent is is 
contradictory. It's just different people. Like like uh, um, most people believe that you know when when John Mark was was writing the Gospel of Mark that Peter was his main um, his main uh, source for that is um, and 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 so anyways. All that to say that most of these, most of these, uh, you know, Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are um, very, very similar. Yeah. So, so with that, I mean, you said, I think you said, I think this is a direct quote: is ninety percent unique. Yeah. Um, that the Gospel of John is ninety percent unique. So, within that, within the book, the whole theme is really what I'm trying to get after. What is the author trying to communicate about Jesus in the Book of John? Um, as opposed to each of the other synoptic gospels. Well, I mean, right now, since I'm preaching through John, I can't really speak to the the, the overall theme. I mean, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is our, our Lord and Savior. I mean, I think they all have that in common. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually just just jumping on my iPad here to, to look it up. But um, you know, John John says uh, towards the end of his gospel, he's like, you know, these things have been written so that you may. Uh, know and believe that Jesus is is the the Savior, you know, mm-hmm. the 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 Christ, um, and so that is. I mean, that's the to 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 put it very simply. That's that's what John's trying to get across. Is is he's he's giving testimony, eyewitness testimony. John was was Jesus' best friend. I mean, he was, you know, he was the the disciple that Jesus loved. He was, um, you know, he was he was very close to Christ, and and uh, he says also at, towards the end that. You know these things were were seen uh, firsthand, yeah. um, and and so uh, we can trust uh, what John is writing. Um, they also believe that that, that John um, was the last writer of a gospel. You know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke were all written before John wrote his, and that might be why ninety percent of his content we would we would only know if we had read the the Gospel of John. Uh, he was he was writing after them, and he was filling in things you know that he knew from firsthand experience yeah. uh, that that Matthew, Mark, and Luke hadn't included, um, and that's why we read the Bible as a whole. That's why we don't just just pull out books or pull out you know verses and 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 major on just those. Um, but John is John is so beautifully um, written that uh, you know Saint Augustine said that you know it's. Uh, it's it's deep enough for an elephant to swim and and shallow enough that a child won't drown. I mean, you can you can just keep going deeper and deeper, but you can also come in as a brand new believer or a non-believer who's just curious and and, and the gospel of John will will serve very well in conveying uh the truth about who Jesus is. Yeah. Now, let's let's talk a little bit about John himself. Uh so when we're looking at the differences um, and looking at the whole picture of John, he was he was one of twelve disciples. He was the only one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Who who didn't die a martyr's death? Um, I'm, um, I'm not correcting you because you're not wrong. Can you say correct me if I'm wrong? Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Um, so he he was the only one that didn't die a martyr's death. Um, I mean, the the dude was boiled alive in oil. Yeah. Uh, and then they like, didn't they, they beat him with sticks? Um, so there's, I mean, there's a lot of kind of, you know, different, different, and I don't really necessarily want to get into the, the different kind of theories around it, but we all know, I mean, we do know he was boiled alive and didn't die. We, we know he was, he was exiled. Um, we know that, um, 
You know, he was he was a leader in the in the church in Ephesus. Um, that he was the highest spiritual authority on earth um, when he was writing the Gospel of John. Um, he didn't introduce himself like you know how Paul will say Paul an apostle you know or mm-hmm. um, you know even even the the way that he writes uh, is is so different uh, where, where Matthew starts with the genealogy and Mark goes back to Isaiah and um, and Luke actually introduces you know he 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 has a dedication to Theophilus and like. John goes all the way back to Genesis one one in the beginning. You know he's he's not even worried about letting people know that it's him. And I think part of that is his his humility. And I think part of that is everyone already knew because he was. I mean, he was like the he was he was the Godfather. Uh, you know, I, I I picture him getting getting carried into meetings um, on a on a chair. You know, being held by uh, wearing a, a, a fedora. No, I don't know. I'm just. That's not really true. With the cotton balls on his cheeks. Oh my! Hey, I'm John. No, that's that's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> no, so so with that, I mean, the life and death of John. Um, it, how is that an example for us to live by? Obviously, all the disciples are forerunners uh, to give us an example. Obviously, Jesus is the ultimate example of uh, living a <laughs> godly life. Um, yeah. Well, so what's what's. So what what do we what do we what about John? So what is so my, I guess my question is um, what can we learn from his life and his death? Well, I mean, his, his life he was you know, and we're going to get into this more. Um, I don't want to spoil stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's because there is there's just like I said, it's deep enough for an elephant. Well, Augustine said that, but because um, I think let me before you yeah. answer this, I, I think it's easy to. And by no means am I elevating any of the apostles to a higher level of uh, than what they should be uh, in regards to the scriptures. Um, I'm not elevating them to the superhuman status, but I think what the temptation is is to to think of these guys as something ethereal. They're just the Gospel of John. It's written on a page. I don't really have a lot of context, or I don't really really. Feel even with Jesus, um, when we look at the life of Jesus, it's often just this ethereal thing. Like we didn't, we don't think that Jesus had emotions or they slept or he went to the bathroom or anything like that, um, because we're so far removed mm-hmm. from them. So I just wanted to bring a little humanity. This whole point of the question is to bring a little bit of yeah. humanity to the apostle. So, so here's 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 all that we need to know. I mean, obviously there is more that we can know. Here's all we need to know about John, in my opinion. When Jesus is is crucified, he's hanging on the cross. Mm-hmm. His mother is there. He looks to John and he says, "John, take care of my mom." That's all I need to know. Like if you're if you're asking someone to take care of your mom because you're about to die, there's there's some serious character, some serious trust that's been earned. Yeah. Um, and while yes, of course, he was sinful, he was human, of course. Um, but but when Jesus asks you to take care of his mom because he's about to die. Um, that's a that's a that's a pretty good indicator of how closely he walked with Christ. You know how well Christ knew him, um, just in, in in relationship. Because a lot of times we say we're walking with Christ, but there's not really that intimacy there. And 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 John uh, was so incredibly close with Jesus. I mean, like I said before, I mean a lot of people, you know, myself included, believe he was you know like. Jesus' best friend, you know. I mean, yep. Peter was a loud mouth, and we're actually going to talk about that this <laughs> week on week three, um, talking about the actual disciples and, and kind of getting a little bit of a picture of them. That's why I said I don't want to necessarily, you know, uh, you know, spoiler alert with that. But 
Um, yeah, the fact that Jesus was hanging on the cross, getting ready to die, his mom was there just just sobbing, just, just you know, beside herself with, with just sadness. And, and, he, and he looked at John and he said, take care of my mom. Yeah. So as we uh, look at John... One thing that that stuck out to me is John one seventeen. We were in the first week of John. Um, it says, "For the law was given through Moses; grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus. Because of that, how is Jesus a better Moses um, or the bearer of a better covenant? As we as we take the the leap into John, yeah." Well, I mean, it's incredible to me how how uh, you know when you look at the Old Testament with with a you know through the lens of of Christ. You know, when you when you say you know everything before Christ was pointing ahead towards Christ, mm-hmm. and everything you know from Christ on is is all you know pointing back to the cross and then ahead to the fulfillment of the promise. You know, I mean. The, the, uh, it's incredible to me thinking about all the parallels, uh, you know, where, where Moses was was kind of a, you know, it's like like Jesus is the greater Moses. I mean, you know, what did, what did Moses, you know, well, let me turn this around. What, did, what do you think about when you think about Moses? I think of, the first thing that comes to my head is when he's holding the staff on the mountain um, and that the Israelites are winning. Uh, if he's holding the staff and if he re- lowers the staff that they start losing when they're in a battle. So that's the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, okay. I forget I mean, think, who, think about, who they're fighting. Think about who, who who led the Israelites out of Egypt. Well. That's an easy one, buddy. It's, uh, it, it, it's Moses. <laughs> it's Moses, but. Yeah. Okay, now don't. So so think about, think about the. Just, just You see the rabbit hole that I could go on. Yeah, there. and I'm, and I'm, I'm cutting it off. Um, <laughs> so. What's incredible to me is is the way that you know the, even the Exodus, you know, yeah. uh, captivity and slavery um, to a, to a, a just a, a horrible master, yeah. and how Moses led the people out of slavery, and yeah. and and the way that that, that Christ actually one ups him essentially, and, and and leads us not out out of just slavery on this earth, but slavery, cosmic slavery, eternal slavery, slavery to sin, slavery to death. Yeah. Um, and you can look at the parallels, you know, parallels of, of sin. Like, I, yeah, continue. Sorry. I, no, dude, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's it. Like I, I, again, like in, in my older age, I did turn 40 last year in my older age. I, I try to just really, just really hit a couple of really main things because I, I don't want to dilute, you know, um, by, by just giving example after example. I mean, G- Jesus is the greater Moses, you know, he, he 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 leads his people out of out of slavery. He 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 leads us to the promised land. And, and whereas Moses didn't get to enter the promised land because he had a little temper tantrum, um, which that's hitting a rock, to- totally oversimplifying. Beating him it, like but, Pharaoh. Oh my gosh! Um, no, you know, uh, G- Jesus is is our promised land. You know, he's yeah. he's our he's our promise. And like, oh my goodness, that is that is such amazing good. Like life changing, eternity changing news that um, I, I just can't think of anything that would be better than that. Yeah. Well, I hope this is an encouragement to you. Um, hope it's it was. Good. It was very encouraging to me. Well, Thank not you. Not to you, oh, Jeff. Okay. Oh, well, I mean, hopefully it is encouraging to you. Um, hopefully it's reminding you 
of these things, um, these eternal truths. Uh, this is, I'm talking to you, Jeff. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, everyone who's listening, I hope it, this is a, a thing that brings, uh, eternal truths to mind as an encouragement as you go out for the rest of your week. Yeah, um, definitely. And if anyone's looking for an internship job, we may have one opening up. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just kidding. We love you. I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> well, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, and check us out on our Instagram and Facebook pages and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You've been listening to the glass city church podcast. For more content or more information about Glass City Church, visit our website at www.glasscitychurch.org.